Welcome to Return to Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Curry. If you haven't yet listened to our previous episode, please make sure you go back and give it a listen. It's called A Graven Error, Episode 11 on Return to Truth. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for joining me today. If you've been here before, I appreciate your continued loyalty to the truth and continuing to come back for more. The past two episodes, we have been discussing the top 10 on God's list, which should also be the top 10 in our lives, and that is the Ten Commandments. We have been doing a deep dive, from a high level that is, into each one, touching the surface of God's holy law. Next up on the list is number three. Okay, before we begin today's episode, let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we call out to your holy name in reverence and awe of who you really are, the one and only true God, the great I Am. We ask, Father, that you will allow us to understand your words more clearly today as we speak about your name. Help us to see the truth. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. The title of today's episode is, Hallowed Be Thy Name. Here we go, commandment number three. Exodus chapter 20 verse 7 reads this, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. The third commandment speaks directly about God's name, his character, his position as the great supreme ruler of the universe, the world, and all that's in it. A name can tell you so much about someone. It's sort of your reputation. It's who you are. God goes by many names in the Bible. Some of the names of God in the Bible are El Shaddai, Adonai, Yahweh, El, Elohim, and Jehovah. That is just a few of the many names of God. You know, I found some interesting commentary on this. It says here, Among ancient Israel's neighbors, people referred to the most powerful God as El, which is not actually a name, but an ancient Semitic title, God the chief deity of all other gods. In the Old Testament alone, the Hebrew word for God is most often Elohim, which is used over 2,000 times to refer to the God of Israel. I find the names of God interesting. I've always been curious about the closest name we have for him and the closest native tongue of that time. Something about it just draws me closer to him. It makes you feel the magnificent presence and power when you say his name in reverence and respect for him like this. Here are some interesting facts about what the names of God mean. Number one, Adonai. That means Lord, Master. Number two, El Elyon. That means the Most High God. Number three, El Olam, the Everlasting God. Number four, El Roy, the strong one who sees. Number five, El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. Number six, Elohim, meaning God of power and might. But does a name really matter? Could this really be that big of a deal? Honestly, to really understand the name of God and why this commandment matters, you need to know who he is, what he has done, and why. So to start, he is the creator of the world, the universe, and all that's in it. You came from God. 
He designed you and put you right where you are. Without God, we would be nothing. He is the all-powerful and almighty. He is, in fact, a true and living God, but not just a God, but the God. It should leave us speechless when we think about his name. John chapter 1, verses 3 says, All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Now that is enough to make me fall down at his feet. But really, a single name cannot define him, for he is the great I am. He is all and was all before all else existed. I can't even really comprehend that. Where did God even come from? Two words describe that. He is. Revelation chapter 4, verses 11 says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. With that said, the name of God, His name is holy, exalted, or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness. It is to be used in a reverently way. It should not be common in your vocabulary unless you are praising Him, praying to Him, or preaching for Him. That's the 3P effect, praying, preaching, and praising. Even the very ground that God stood on was holy. Remember the story. We read in Acts 7, verses 32 through 33, it says this, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses trembled and dared not look. Then the Lord said to him, Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Now, what is being said here in this? Well, first of all, he says, I am the God that was before you, and I am the God after you. Moses then trembled in fear of this and did not look. Can you imagine that? If that were me, I would fall down flat on my face, and I wouldn't move until he spoke. And I think that's exactly what Moses did here. He goes on to say, take off your sandals because where you stand is holy. His very presence sanctifies, it purifies, it cleanses, even the area around him, it seems. God's name is to be feared in a way that should leave you in awe of his majestic greatness and power. It should always be taken seriously. Did you know that even the Jews would not go as far as to even write or speak his name outright in any way that could seem to be in vain? They would in fact substitute names in its place and would leave out letters when writing his name down. It was because the Jews were so concerned not to misuse the name of God that this tradition arose and continued. They took this so seriously. Honestly, we should be the same way in a sense. This is really how important this is. Listen further to fully understand why. In the words of a Jewish codifier, it is said, Therefore, if because of a slip of the tongue one mentions God's name in vain, he should immediately hurry to praise, glorify, and venerate it, so that it will not have been mentioned in vain. So what is implied? If he mentions God's name, he should say, 
blessed be he for all eternity. He is great and exceedingly praiseworthy, or the like, so that it will not have been mentioned entirely in vain. Even prior to Christ, it was Jewish tradition to substitute Adonai for the Tetragrammaton due to their ancient practice of not speaking the sacred name of God. The Tetragrammaton, or the Tetragram, is the four-letter Hebrew theonym. It's translated as Yahweh, or Y-H-W-H, the name of God in the Hebrew Bible. Now, obviously, some of this is tradition passed down from generation to generation. And I'm not saying we resort to leaving out letters. But the point I don't want you to miss is the fact that God's name is sacred. It is not to be defiled, not by words and not by actions. So what does the word sacred mean? Let's take a look. It means the power, being, or realm understood by religious persons to be at the core of existence and to have a transformative effect on their lives and destinies. Other terms such as holy, divine, transcendent, ultimate being, or ultimate reality, mystery and perfection or purity have been used for this. You know, in the Bible, we read that God described himself as I am. We read in Exodus 3, verses 14, it says, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God's name is so magnificently splendid and so overwhelmingly beautiful and powerful that he is saying in this verse, I need no name. I am and will always be. I exist. In other words, God's name is at the center of everything. He needs no man-made labels. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means consecrated, greatly revered or honored. Acts chapter 4, verses 12 is talking about Jesus here, and it says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It is also a name that saves, and we must not dishonor that. The name of God is and should always be used in a way that reflects the character of God himself. And we all know that God is love. But let's hit on the point here. However, for some reason, God's name today is used in vain all the time. It's in music, movies, television, and even basic conversations as if it doesn't even matter. It has literally become filler in people's conversations. These people have reduced God's name to nothing more than just words used in passing. And to be honest, every time I hear it, I'm disgusted by the way it is used by them. You know, this is Jesus, okay? This is God. This is your God. Have you no shame? Have you no reverence? Leviticus chapter 19, verses 12 says, And you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You know, what he's saying here is, you may not use my name the way others have used the name of false gods. So what's in a name? Absolutely everything. I think to myself, this is your God, 
and your creator, the master of the universe and the great and powerful I am, and you choose to use his name right after you stub your big toe in the middle of the night. In doing this, we disparage and dishonor him. Why must his name be used after something bad? Something in shock, something of pain. Seriously, though, do you ever notice how his name is always used in a vain way in daily expressions and conversations? No one ever says, O Buddha, or O Allah, do they? Think about it. Can you imagine those names being used in replace of God? Why is that? Why are we so prone to using the name of Christ in a profane way? I believe Satan has done all he can to blaspheme the name of God in the world today, in order to reduce him to mere words, in order to associate his name with tragedy and in a way that brings him down to the level of Satan. Psalms chapter 139 verse 20 says this, For they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. So the attacks on God are never-ending. They come in all shapes, sizes, and words. Further commentary on the third commandment says this, It means to falsify who God is and what he stands for. Indeed, each person should actively reflect God's nature in actions, speech, thoughts, plans, etc. All of life. Taking God's name in vain, then, is to reflect his nature in an erroneous way. We must recognize the brilliance that is in the name of God. In this name is a never-ending salvation, love, mercy, and grace. Great is his name and greatly to be praised. That's Psalms 96 verse 4. Do we really even know what the words honor and respect actually mean when it comes to the name of God? Are we practicing this daily in our lives? How reverent and respectful are we? Let's drill down on this for a moment. How many times have you used a watered-down version of the name of God and His Son, Jesus? So many people today use derivatives of the holy name of God. Let's look at some real quick. They say things like, OMG, gosh, golly gee whiz, geez, etc. These are all replacements. Even people in the church say these words as if there is nothing wrong with it. So are we really being reverent to God's name when we use a replacement like this? We want to say one thing, but we say another in its place. Guess what? It still implies the exact same thing. Did you know that gosh and golly were used as a euphemism for God since the mid-18th century? And geez is a euphemism for Jesus. Yes, even that is using the name of God in vain. Have we really reduced his name to such as this? Such a name being used in such a wrong way. I understand that it's hard to retrain your brain. I had the exact same problem when saying these exact same words. We have used them so much in our lives as filler that it seems almost impossible to break it. But God can give you the victory over this especially when you realize the power and the beauty within his name. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says this, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to touch base on another point here. It's more than just speaking the name of God in vain. It even extends past that into our own actions. 
It's also acting the name of God in vain. Yes, you heard that right, acting. It's who you are as a Christian, as a parent. It's who you are when you are around others, and even when you are by yourself. We take it in vain by hypocrisy and not living up to the profession or declaration of what God wants from us. We claim one thing and do another. Being a hypocrite is just another way to take it in vain. Others look at you to be an example of Christ. Remember, you are a walking billboard, a witness to the truth, as we discussed in episode 7. Go back and give it another listen to understand more on that. But it's also when you cause others to stumble, or when you stumble yourself. You are defaming the name of God. You claim to be a Christian, right? You love the Lord. Then why don't you show it? Why are you throwing your witness in the trash? Why are you a secret Christian? A Christian that pretends whenever the moment is right. You know, Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 through 28 says this, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and from God. You see, you can't have it both ways. Either your secrecy will kill the Christian in you, or the Christian will kill the secrecy. God wants to come out, but in a way that reflects Him. You know, I see so many people asking for prayers for something in their lives. But these people have no walk with God whatsoever at all. They reach out in desperation and pray as if God was some sort of genie, turning a blind eye to all of their sins. But only when they want something do they remember God. They say things like, pray for me. I have a test to take. Pray for me. I have a job interview. They want God when it's convenient for them. So they pray and ask for prayers. But they then throw him away in the back of the junk drawer. Do you think God asked the question, where were you all the other times I wanted you to reach out to me? The time where I desired and yearned for you. The times where I wanted to be with you. Now in a moment where you are in need, you pray but only for the wrong reasons and only for your own gain. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 9 says this, One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer, is an abomination. You know, there's a famous preacher that once said this. It's called the WIFM effect. That's W-I-I-F-M. That stands for, what's in it for me? In other words, people only act like a Christian when it benefits them. Pretend Christians, that's all they really are, acting as if they care about God and His name, but in reality, they care only for themselves, using Him as a lifeline only, but never allowing Him to use you. All of it done in vain. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 5 says this, Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. They say, God will save me. But then they take God out of their lives when they are done with him. They say, yes, yes, I'm a Christian. Look. But then they walk in the paths of Satan over and over once the moment 
of trials pass. They go to church once every three months, never read the scriptures, never tithe. They are too involved with the world and their own priorities. It doesn't work like that. So the seeds are choked when they fall on stony ground and bad soil. They put on a mask of Christianity when it's convenient, but not truly changing the skin they are in. There is no depth. It's only surface level. There is no transformation. You end up using God for your own personal gain, and in turn, you take his name in vain. So why do we falsify who God is and what he stands for? Indeed, each person should actively reflect God's nature in his actions, speech, and character. You know, it's Thomas Watson that once said, when we profess God's name, but do not live answerably to it, we take it in vain. We are made in the image of God. He has given us his name in a sense and in this way. We must not take it for granted. He has entrusted us with something special, something precious. We have a purpose. You know, even prayers that are prayed and are not accompanied by deep reverence and a spirit of devoutness is also condemned and again in vain. Your prayers should be reverent, done in meekness and holiness. The focus should be God and not done in passing. Colossians chapter 3 verses 23 says this, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Also, making a promise or a vow to God and not following through is again in vain. Keeping your promises and being faithful because God will never be unfaithful to you. He kept his promises. We should also. We don't swear to God or by his name. God's name is more than a swear. It is said that all of us should endeavor to speak of our holy God only in a holy manner, to worship him rightly, and to adore him in our thoughts, words, and actions. We must honor the name of God in all that we do and say. And honor is the key here. John chapter 5, verse 23 says this, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Okay, so let's look at the rest of the verse here. It goes on to say, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. In other words, you are not free from this. There is consequences to sin and God will remember. You may think it's not a big deal to say his name the ways that you do, but God sure does. Now, with that being said, let me tell you something. There will be a time, my friend, when you will say his name, and this time it will be in fear and reverence. But he will not hear you if you do not do the things that he says. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23 says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Is that what you truly want to hear? Depart from me, I never knew you. 
Oh, how sad of a day that will be if you choose not the name of Christ in your life. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But can Jesus save us from our guilt? Can Jesus make us guiltless? The answer is yes, but it is only through his blood and ultimate sacrifice of sin will we then want to walk in the newness of life and keep his commandments out of love for him. Okay, here's what you can do. Ask God to give you that victory. Go to him in prayer and say, Father, show me the words in my life that I need to cast out and the actions in my life that defame your holy name. Help me and lead me into a life of holiness for your glory and not my own. If you are truly asking this in reverence and in holiness, God will answer your prayer. I promise you. You know, it said that hope is the name of God, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hope is when you compare your suffering to the infinite, immeasurable love and grace of God and the sacrifice given to all of the world. Only then will you understand why his name is holy. Speaking of names, did you know that God actually knows your name by heart? John chapter 10 verse 3 says this, The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And again we read in Psalms chapter 91 verse 14, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. So the question is, why would he want to know your name? Because he wants to be able to write it down in the book of life. He wants you to have everlasting life because he cares for you. So in closing, with all of this being said, if God is willing to remember my name and write my name in the book of life, then I will write his name on my heart and keep it sacred. That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We have so much more coming your way. Coming up, commandment number four in our next episode. You're not going to want to miss this. Please remember to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast channel. And stay tuned for our next episode as we return to truth.